Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Mel K Show. I'm very excited today because, you know, I love to have on real patriots that are out there doing the hard, hard work, doing the research, getting answers to the people. And I'm super excited today to have on my new friend, Josh, from the Red Pill Project, who has been fighting the battle for a long time against censorship and anything that's thrown our way. He's the one in the front that's changing the game and reinventing himself to get back out there. And it's a pleasure to have you here, Josh. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mel. Thanks for having me. This is uh, interesting times that we live in, right? I know. That's why I'm excited to have you on, because you've been doing this a long time. I know that you uh, you started early in the game, uh, unraveling the, the situation from the highest level to the, the minute details. And uh, I want your take on exactly people are very confused right now people are very there's a lot of anxiety a lot of stress going on they're throwing the things at us every day where do you see us right now in terms of um the fight against what i consider to be the uh the puppet masters the overlords the deep state uh that's who i think is really the, the enemy in my opinion so I agree wholeheartedly. And so what we have to look at really right now is what's happening in the world. Right. Um, everybody who watches our show, we have a daily show uh, Monday through Thursday called the Daily Dose, Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Right. And they call me the bearer of doom and gloom. <laughs> and because I just sit there and I don't, I, I don't sugarcoat anything. I, I kind of call it as I see it. Um, and right now, you're right. People are losing hope. People are really confused. There's a lot of things happening. And one of the ma major things that's happening is there's a lot of disinformation, propaganda, misinformation happening. Now, you got to remember, the, the deep state, the cabal, who, whatever we want to call them, they use a technique called projection. This means that whatever they're utilizing against you, they're going to say that you're doing. And so they're coming out there with, oh, my God, the right is throwing propaganda, disinformation, when in actuality, it's them. Um, there is a lot of this disinformation flooding the markets, and it's on both sides. I always said, what is the best way to defeat your opponent? Well, you control the opposition. You lead them, right? And however we want to look at this is you inflood a bunch of information into this whole system, and you let the information kind of feed itself out there. Right. And what we have is we have this happening. This is what brings about this confusion. So when I started this a few years back, it was with the letter 17 and all that stuff that was happening, stuff that we can't say on YouTube no, anymore I know, I know. <laughs> because of our First Amendment rights are suppressed here. But, right. but when I started with this, I was very intrigued because I've been watching this unravel for 20 years. I've been seeing what was happening for a very, very long time. Right. Um, my friends and family, we had all been preparing for what we'd call, obviously, the storm, right? Um, and so when the letter 17 came out, I, I kind of deep dove into it. I saw a lot of disinformation coming out on a lot of different channels. Right. I saw a lot of people not under, I was 10 years in the United States military. Oh, uh, right. so I saw a lot of people kind of not understanding how military communications operate, how, um, intelligence apparatuses operate within clandestine operations. And so I came in and said, well, let me, let's look at this information a little bit differently. And we realized that that whole thing was a proxy board of communication. To give people an understanding of this, um, prior to the letter 17 even happening, right. Trump stood in the Oval Office with a whole bunch of generals and admirals. I remember. And he says, does everybody know what this is? Maybe right. it's the calm before the storm. Right. Well, semantics, right? <laughs> calm. C-A-L-M. Well, how else can you spell that? C-O-M-M. -M, the communication before the storm. He right. told us exactly what that was. Is It was a prerequisite for what happens after Donald Trump. Right. Everything that was unraveling, we have to think mirror. 
Everything is going to be unveiled. Everything's going to come forth. And this is how it's going to come about. So it was a proxy board of communication showing us what is going to happen. And so right now we are living in the midst of this storm that's impending. And there is a lot of confusion. There is a lot of things happening in the world. Um, and it is a scary place. But rest assured, I think that, and I know that you know this as well, is there's no gonna, there's not going to be no any one savior. You know, Jesus isn't going to ride down on a pink unicorn out of the clouds and start shooting lightning bolts out of his ass towards the deep state. We understand that God works through us. Right. And that this is why that 17 lever always used to say, are you ready to rise up? Are you ready to stand up? And this is what it's about. What you and I are doing right now is we are standing up and we are rising up against this tyrannical and oppressive rule with our voices and with our freedoms intact. And we are not, we are not letting down. We are not going to stand down. We're going to continue to move forward exactly like this. And that is the hope that people need to have is the hope in humanity, the hope in the American people, the hope in the global united community rising up against this tyranny. Right. Yeah. And um, I, I know that, uh, that's, that's another thing that I talk about a lot, which is this is not about Donald Trump. It's never been. The, the enemy is really way above him, way above all of us. And he had said one time in an interview, he said that there's an invisible enemy that has all the money and all the power and the people have never heard of them. And I've spent a lot of time digging into the origins of the United Nations, being the Rockefeller family and the Council of Foreign Relations, Kissinger, Brzezinski, all these guys. This was a long term plan. The goal, I believe, was always to get to a place where America ceded our sovereignty. Uh, they've, they've ceded it. They've, they've tried to have that happen uh, covertly, but overtly ceding our sovereignty. The plan was really for Hillary Clinton, I think, to bring us into that place where they had their one world government, which is not a conspiracy theory. All you have to do is look through all the documentation from the beginning of uh, the Rockefeller Foundation to now, uh, the Council of Foreign Relations, all of it. And we know that it's international and it, a lot of it leads back to the Bank of International Settlements and to uh, and I look at the World War II that Germany might have lost, but the Nazis did not. And uh, that they reinvented themselves as the UN and something that's really been bothering me lately. And I know you know about this because this is my, my take right now and what is going on. And this is why we the people have to realize critical race theory, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, all of this has been fomented by the same NGOs that do the regime change color revolutions all over the world. They've pulled it. They're pulling it off here as we speak. And we really need to black, white, gay, straight, whatever. We need to just get over it and realize that we are the United States of America. We, the people, uh, have to unite as one because the goal was this. But in my estimation, and I wonder what you think of this, I've been very, um, I've looked around at all the color revolutions, be it Serbia, Yugoslavia, Libya, it was egregious beyond, beyond belief, Ukraine, Syria, Myanmar, and... Um, you know, it's all the same people, the NGOs, most of them open society based through Soros, the Clinton Global Initiative, uh, Obama, Samantha Power, these people. They did something that was called um, in Libya and Syria and other places, the re responsibility to protect. And so, which is through the UN, which is the one world government in my take. And what I saw happen was uh, when Blinken, I call him Mr. Blinken, who really worked for the uh, very corrupt um, West exec across the street from uh, Trump's White House as a, I believe, a um, kept going with Obama's plans as if Trump wasn't there on the down low. 
when he went to the UN recently and asked the UN to come into the America and assess our um, crimes and our, our systematic rights. racism yeah. and all that, I and I and then a few weeks later, Millie christens the first fully operational NATO facility on American soil. I said, oh my God, they're gonna pull the responsibility to protect and cede our sovereignty to the United Nations. How do you feel about that? What's, <laughs> what's your take? Uh, we've seen it coming for a very, very long time. Right. Um, you're right. So one thing that I want people to say, uh, understand here, Glenn Beck had a great uh, bit on his uh, show last week, and it was the 10 stages of genocide. Okay. okay? And this is, this is actually scary. So this is a, a report done by a guy by the name of Gregory H. Stanton. He's okay. the president of Genocide Watch, and he developed what's known as the 10 stages of genocide, which explains the different stages which lead to genocide. Okay. When you start going through this classification, symbolization, uh, discrimination, dehumanization, um, you have organization, polarization, preparation is stage, stage seven, and then stage eight is persecution. Okay. okay. Now we are at stage seven. If you we look are. at what's happening right now, we are at stage seven. And I want everybody to say, well, you know, it can't happen here. That's not going to happen. I want them to listen to Assembly Bill A416 in the New York State Senate. Okay. This relates to the removal of cases, contacts, and carriers of communicable diseases who are potentially dangerous to public health. Right. Okay. And you go read this bill and section two says, Upon determining by clear and convincing evidence that health of others is or may be endangered by a case, contact, or carrier, or suspected case, contact, carrier of a contagious disease that in a, the opinion of the governor, after consultation with the commissioner, um, may pose an imminent or significant threat to public health resulting in severe morbidity or high mortality, the governor and his or delegee, including but not limited to the commissioner, heads of local health departments, may order the removal and or detention of a such person or group of such persons by issuing a single or order identifying such persons either by name or reasonably specific description of the individuals or group being detained. And yeah. then they put them in internment camps. And so people who don't think that this is happening, look right here. We are coming up on stage eight really fast. Now, right. DeSantis, now I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all about... I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, but we know there's rhinos and we know that there's things that pass through. Now, right. DeSantis, whatever we think of him, he just approved an annotation to the bill um, that basically uh, mandated COVID, COVID passports criminal in Florida. There is a, an annotation in there. And what it does is it gives him full authority to do exactly this in Florida. Right. So, also, there was something passed this week, last Friday in Tennessee, also a Republican, Similar, very similar to the New York bill, that they could um, decide uh, to put people involuntarily into camps if the if the governor so decided. And you know, right. again, people have to understand we are right now. This is this is a playbook. It already happened before. They stopped teaching our children history about mm -hmm. twenty years ago when Teach for America infiltrated the teachers' union and and teachers became act activist uh, coaches. Um, right out of Chicago, of course, the Ericsson Institute and all of that. But what happened in Germany and what happened in Mao's China is very similar to this. Uh, people don't seem to realize because they don't know much that it took 20 years to get people on those trains in Germany. Yeah. It was a slow burn. And like you said, that the, I saw that from Glenn Beck as well. And I agree that we are at stage seven. But this is where we, the people, can change history. 
because we are, first of all, I do believe that there's more of us than them, but they have control of the media and of course of the coasts. So New York and California are pretty much in the bag with anything the liberals do, DC and the surrounding areas. But other than that, we the people by knowing that this is the goal. But yes, I've seen that quite a bit. And, and you were in the military. Mm-hmm. So here's my question for you. When you took an oath to be uh, to, to defend our country as a member of the military, what, what did that oath entail? It's the, the support and defense of the Constitution, the people, and then the orders appointed above you. And right. this, is, this is known in precedence, okay? So when you take your oath or any oath, and when we look at the Constitution or if we look at any laws pertaining to that, right. everything is in something known as precedence. It means a hierarchy of order. Right. So when we look at the oath, honors and oaths of office or any of these types of things, it's first to the constitution, which is the contractual document that the people gave to the government saying, these are the things that shall not be infringed. Right. The second is to the people upholding the consent of the governed. And the third is to the officers appointed above you. And this, I'll take this message out to every single active duty serviceman that right. is out there right now, or anybody who has an oath. If, if, in a, if an order that you are given it is in violation of the constitution or in violation to do harm to the American citizenry or people, it is an unlawful order. Right. And you have the right to refuse. No matter if they told you, well, you can't refuse orders. Only, you know, your, your upper echelon can know you, if you were an E1 to an O9, it doesn't matter. You have the right to refuse a direct order. If you believe in good conscience, it is an unlawful or unconstitutional order. And this is from all enemies, foreign and domestic, which means right. that you have the ability, the discernment to identify which that is through your own oath that you took. Right. And people need to understand this. Right. And each individual takes that oath. And it's also an oath, not just to us and the Constitution, but in front of God. And uh, a big part of this whole mess that started, I believe, after World War, well, during World War II, when all the, all the, I believe, the Fourth Reich was really started in America with the Rockefellers and the bloodlines at the UN. Um, but I, I believe that um, that is why that... Um, that they are doing all this stuff right now with domestic terrorists and all of that and and labeling us, we the people, because also in that constitution that should be the only law of the land, all of these uh, committees and groups and and agencies are, but honestly not constitutional because they they, we should go back to the original constitution. But if everyone's following with that, the original constitution, then then it would seem to me that we're at that point where the good military really is looking. I see the border. I see the UN invitation for responsibility to protect. I see that there's prisoners of war, prisoners of conscience being held in the District of Columbia, which isn't even a state. It's a it's a manufactured little parcel of land that was really supposed to just be to keep the union together of the 50 sovereign states. So at this point, I would think that the good military is at the precipice of Okay, we got to do so, something. So this is, there's a lot. I love how you cover everything. <laughs> I, I do. Like 30 seconds. Boom. Got the whole history. Done. Well, I know, it, I know it's you awesome. can explain it better than me. I'm just throwing well, it out. Well, no, you, you, you extrapolate really well on information. You're very well read, which is, I, I love this because there's so many things I can just touch on on this, but I want to go back yeah, but real but I know quick. you can do it, so you do. I want to go back to the UN aspect real quick. Okay, yeah. So this is one thing that we have to understand. Right. Is how... Remember, these people, they set a narrative. So I don't know how familiar, uh, I, I've studied uh, the mystery schools, the ancient mystery schools, esotericism, the occult from well over the, 25 Babylon years. Babylon and uh, Moloch Ab- and all of that. 
And yeah, uh, I can go, I can try. I can drive into all the esoteric symbology of everything that we're talking about here. One of my good friends. But yes, I can do that too. One of my good friends, Ben Stewart, um, he made a documentary known as Esoteric Agenda. Oh, wow. And there is 2.0 and Uh, 2.2. Amazing documentaries. You can find them on Gaia. Uh, But we are living in an esoteric agenda right now. And these people, they are ancient bloodlines. And who knows if they're even human they could even be you know the bloodlines of the watchers who were cast down for 70 generations or not but either way is when we start to look at what's happening here is they set a narrative because in satanism you cannot violate natural law natural law is a set of principles given down by god which dictate our law gravity for instance gravity does not give a shit whether you believe in it or not gravity (laughs) is gravity right so yes. this is this is pertains and falls under natural law. Everything falls and pertains under natural law. You cannot violate natural law in when you become like a magician, whether you're a white magician or a black magician. Right. And so Satanists are black magicians, but they do not violate natural laws. So what they do is they coerce you or influence you through ignorance, through the suppression of knowledge and through the the increase of your ignorance. And this happens through propagation of information, but also telling you exactly what they're going to do. So when we see that they're bringing in this whole UN thing and that we see that the UN are going to be the implementers of this, well, how are they going to go about that? Well, human rights, right? Right. Human rights. Well, guess what? What is the big play that's happening right now? The unvaccinated are the ones who are spreading the Delta variant. This is going to become an international issue because people are dying of the Delta variant. So therefore the UN has to come in and do what? The UN has to come in and cause what New York State's trying to do. It can't be the military because that's a violation of posse comitatus. Secondly, we just saw Jen Psaki, right? The press correspondent for Joe Biden and the administration come out and say that we are now sharing intelligence information with big tech, Google, yep. Facebook, and so forth. And big tech is sending this over to five eyes, New right. Zealand, Italy. And, and so here's the thing is, you have foreign countries willingly spying on American citizens with the permission of the American government because they can't legally do it. Right. Okay. This is a big concern for everybody, but you're right. This is coming to a precipice. Now, like I said, you covered a lot now. So <laughs> what we have to understand is you're talking about all these institutions, like they're unconstitutional, they're unconstitutional. Yes. To the original United States Constitution, which disappeared in 1814, right. yes, 100%, it's unconstitutional. Many people don't know this. The original United States Constitution actually disappeared after the War of 1812. It was said that it went with James Madison to his house, and he eventually returned it. Now, it showed up in 1846 for a short period of time. So there is an autobiography, I believe, of James Madison being done, and the original Constitution showed back up, but then it disappeared again. It didn't show back up until 1884. Now, this time frame between 1860 and 1884 are so critical. A lot of people don't know in the history of the United States of America, between 1836 to 1872, there is something that was being passed around in Congress known as codification. This is bringing all the laws that were pertinent under the United States Constitution into a codification document so they could prescribe this to each state and have them draw up their own codification. But it was always, it just never went through. Then we had the Civil War. Right. Now there's a great book out there called The Real Lincoln. And I recommend anybody go read it. I didn't write it. I get nothing out of it, but go read it. Okay. And what this tells you is that the civil war had nothing to do with abolishing slavery. slavery. I know. Nothing at all. Actually, I'll tell everybody here is the civil war actually put you into a state of slavery. And I'll explain this in a second, but the civil war was about the North basically taking loans out from the bank of England, the South saying, 
F you. I don't want to take any loans out. That's the whole reason we had the Revolutionary War in the first place. Hey, if you want us to get rid of our workforces that they're paying in housing, then give us a time frame and we'll slowly move away from that and we'll develop the manufacturing capacity in the South to compensate it. And the North said, no, you need to do this now. You need to take loans out from England. They said, no, we'll go to war with you. And that is how this country got factioned. And obviously the North won. We took out the loans and the Industrial Revolution began and it was funded clearly by England because this is how they got their tentacles into the United States of America. Now, what came out of the Civil War? You had the Emancipation Proclamation, right? But then you had the 13th Amendment. And this is so critical for anybody who's a legal scholar out there who understands constitutional law, okay? I'm going to read you the 13th Amendment. I want people to understand this. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Now, when you look at a law, okay, you got to remember, the Constitution is a contract between people and the government. Government. This is what the government cannot infringe upon. Right. Now, we're trying to say in the 13th Amendment is, oh, hey, look, you can't exist in a state of slavery. But wait a minute. The Declaration already said that. All men are created equal. We all exist in a state of freedom. So the 13th Amendment is null and void at this point because the, because the Declaration and the preamble of the Constitution already declared that all people had freedom. So what is the 13th Amendment really saying? It's not what we're looking at. It's what we're not looking at. It's saying that neither slavery or involuntary service. Unless, no, no. right. Well, well, but here's the thing is look what's not there. Right. It's saying that you can exist in two states. You can exist in a state of freedom or voluntary servitude. And this is what people need to understand is the 13th Amendment, involuntary servitude or slavery. We already know you can't exist in slavery because you exist in a state of freedom as per the Declaration of Independence, right. which means that you have to look at the opposition. You can exist in a state of voluntary servitude. Now, voluntary servitude today we call contractual servitude. Right. Now, this was the prerequisite to draw in the Act of 1871 the corporation in the District of Columbia, which made the Senate and the Congress, the Board of Directors, the executive branch, the chairman of the corporation known as the United States of America, Capitus Elimitius Maximus, right. okay? And that's right. Roman canon law for anybody out there that doesn't understand this, Right, is the act of 1871 ushered in, okay? This contractual agreement between the citizenry, what was known as a person, a legal entity, okay? Now, If we go back in here, we go to the Cato Institute and we start understanding the original writings of the founders is that in order to have freedom, by the way, in order to vote after the Revolutionary War, you had to be a landowner. Why? Because property ownership has everything to do with your rights and freedoms. You need to literally own the land that you live on. Okay. And here's the thing is property ownership is gone these days. Who are the only people that own land? Corporations, Corporations. governments, and foreign countries. Guess who has all the voting rights in this country? They utilize it through the lobby. Those three. This is why the American people have no say. This is why they can steal elections. We can roll over and be like, yeah, whatever. Okay. But the Act of 1871, what happened here is the Act of 1871 comes in there and basically states that all states and cities have to become municipalities and corporations. This means that they incorporate themselves under a corporation. They take the codification of the laws, which happened here in 1884, the codification, or sorry, it was 1773, the codification, which became known as the U.S. Code, by the way. Um, They codified these laws under the corporation, 
Right. So these become corporate bylaws. And this means that every person born under that corporation is given corporate documents as property chattel of this. We can go to admiralty law. We can talk about the laws of water, the laws of land, how when you are born, you come through a female birth canal, which is of water. You are born of water. And when you're born of water, you are doctored into existence and you are given a certificate of birth. And those, that certificate of birth is added onto the GDP of that country. And if people think I'm bullshitting, no. go and look it up yourself. I've been studying this stuff for well over 20 years. No one that watches my show thinks Good. I'm bullshit because I, 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 got, I got a smart audience. We've discussed it all. But awesome. no, now you're officially almost my favorite guest I ever had so far. So I have to tell you, the Act of 1871 is a very big deal. But the other big deal is um, the creature from Jekyll Island and what happened with our Fed which mm-hmm. then goes into it because most people don't, they don't understand that the, not just did the act of 1871 take away our, our freedom and our rights and everything, but then at the same time, the Fed, the whole time, people don't know that the Fed is a private bank basically owned by the Rothschild Bank, which is the bank, which is the city of London, that has nothing to do with the Lon- with London, which is in cahoots with the Vatican. That oh, was the, Trin- Trinity of Babel- the Trinity of Babylon. Right, and DC. So- yeah. Now explain, since you're good at this and I've done it before, but you're, you, I love how you're doing it. So explain how we became debt slaves uh, after the uh, Fed was it. Now the Fed, I think was part of that whole situation because that's how we have been paying back a debt that we can never pay back, debt slavery. It's, they, this is what the central bank is doing all over the world, which I believe is part of uh, the alliance that I think the international alliance is trying to end once and for all. It's also why I believe Gaddafi, uh, Saddam Hussein, a lot of these leaders were replaced because they wanted out of the federal banks, Bank of International Settlements, you and I know is the, is the parent of this of this monstrosity. But uh, Seed and Co. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, see, oh, you might be my favorite guest ever. Just knowing that that Seed and Co. exists. But um, tell, tell, can you explain how we are actually debt slaves? So listen, this, this story, I, I don't know if we can cover this an hour, but we can go as long as you want. But okay, so I firstly- I want people to know the basis to what we're fighting against and how okay. deep it is and how- It, it is so deep. And that, that all, everyone must have been in on it. That's the other thing. These people in DC, these mm-hmm. politicians, there is no, I don't believe Republican or Democrat left or right. I think that's a total psyop so that we, the people think that we ever had a choice and we haven't. And on top of that, these people know that our money is still going to England. And, and so, so let, let, well, let's, let's talk about this for a second. I want to give some people a little bit of hope. There okay? is hope. Yes. Cause I've been, um, I've been a practitioner in the mystery, which known as the mystery schools, like hermeticism. I'm a hermeticist. Um, and this is the student of natural law. So where all these people derive their, their, their black magic from right. is something that I understand very deeply. Okay. And we have to understand that this agenda that came about came about by a rogue group of dark magicians. Now, what we have to understand is that there's always been this table, the seat of people who have ruled the world. Right. Now, I want to tell people, not all those people are bad. Not all those people want death and destruction for humanity. Not all those people are committing genocide. A lot of them are actually standing up for you. A lot of them are actually fighting for you. So I call the the, the cabal, okay? And the right. word cabal, by the way, comes from the derivative of Kabbalah, right. which okay. is the ancient mystical teachings of Hebrew, right? That's where of a lot Judaism. of the confusion, I think, comes in with the, uh, and people call it anti-Semitic, which it's, it's not, 
to nope. really just tell the truth about this certain group of people. But yeah, keep right. going. So you have, I call it a hydra, is you have multiple heads to the hydra. And so around, um, around the late 1600s to late 1700s is when all this infiltration began to happen. Right. Now, history before this point, I think is really hard to tell because a lot of this has been changed from right. these people over the years. But if we go back to the papers of Washington talking about the infiltration of the Freemonic, uh, 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 the Freemason Masonic temples, right. Freemasonry is not a bad thing, but it has been infiltrated. Right. Uh, in the late 1870s, the early 1900 or early 20th century, we had a lot of infiltration, what's known as the mystery schools. These are just ancient barriers of information. So Da Vinci hit a lot of esoteric knowledge within his paintings. We had a lot of uh, Sir Francis. Francis Bacon wrote a lot of different types of things that hit a lot of information. This is just knowledge of humanity that was right. hidden under the surface. Well, these institutions that kept that knowledge alive were hijacked. And this brought about what's known as the New Age Movement. This is why uh, the New Age Movement is led by, by someone by the name of Lucifer. Now, right. Uh, the Lucis Trust, you know, the, the Lucis Trust, Alice Bailey, UN to this day. Yep. Yep. Alice Bailey and the we Lucis talked Trust. About it a lot. Now, what's interesting about this is. When you get into the higher echelons and you understand Satan and Lucifer and what the, really the difference is between them, Satanism is more of a philosophy where Lucifer is more of an understanding and a principality of, uh, of what's actually happening. Now, if you ever read Buddha and the Dampapadas and learned about Siddhartha, how he sat under the Bodhi tree and he struggled against the goddess Maya who tempted him, okay? Maya is illusion. Maya is deception. Maya was Lucifer. Right. Okay. This is the same thing with Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, tempting with the devil. Okay. This is Lucifer. Lucifer is this, and this is what people need to understand because this right. is at the red pill project. So for people who don't know, I got censored massively off of YouTube and everything, millions of views, uh, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and they just deleted me overnight three right, times. Yeah. And so I created the red pill project and our motto is um, never believe anything. Anybody tells you no matter who they are, whether it's the Pope, Trump, or God, unless you can prove it through your own research, your own logic, and your own volition, okay? And the reason we say this is because of this principle right here, is Lucifer is deception. Right. And I want to teach people what deception really means. Light, right? Lucifer is the bringer of light, the light bearer, the light bringer. Minati. That's right. So right. light does what? Light reflects and refracts off of objects in your periphery, okay? Uh, it's so that light, that's it. right. It goes into your eyes, which stimulates the rods and the cones in your eyes, which produce electrical, bioelectrical, biochemical signaling down your optic nerve all the way to your cerebral cortex in the deepest, darkest depths of your brain, in the place of your brain that no light has ever touched and ever been, which means that your whole reality is created in a place of your brain that's never experienced light, never witnessed light, and never will experience light which means that everything that you see before you is an illusion. It's deception. It can be deceived. Uh, if you know Solomon's temple, Solomon's temple had uh, Jaquin and Boaz, who were the guardians. These were the cherubims that guarded the entry of the Solomon's temple. And what did they do? Their weapon was trickery and illusion. They made you believe that everything was out here and not internal. Solomon being the sun and the moon, the two hemispheres of the brain coming in emergence, forming the star of David. Okay, so when we go into this, we start to realize that Lucifer is the deception, 
is the deception of light, is the deception of everything around us and how the world of information deceives us, right. the great deceiver. And this is the biggest tactic and trick utilized by the cabal to do exactly what they do, is they trick you with information, they trick you with light, they trick you with knowledge, they trick you with history, they trick you in thinking that the world is as you think it is, right. which in a sense, it is not. Going so, in full circle, right back to the United Nations and the entire motto and the entire underpinnings of the United Nations is all based on Luciferian uh, yeah. beliefs and the Lucis Trust, formerly the Lucifer Publishing Company of Alice Bailey, formerly of Blavatsky, who mm -hmm. uh, was a big influencer in the in the Nazi regimes and other uh, New Age. But people have mixed around what New Age means. So people for many years, of, of course, Oprah was a big proponent of uh, New Age, New Age. Uh, like you're saying, that has happened. But the big, big deception, I know you're, you've talked about it in your program and stuff. Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 are the ultimate example of Luciferian um, trickery, of switch, mm -hmm. switching things around. Like you said, without owning property, there is no rights. And therefore, the whole goal is, as we know from Klaus Schwab, uh, Rothschild descendant, by the way, and a Switzerland, uh, uh, Swiss um, uh, very high up in the Swiss uh, banking cabal, uh, he has openly said that uh, you will own nothing, own nothing and be happy. And you'll be happy. And, and the other thing that you talked about before, and I'm going to shift back to you, is yeah. um, you mentioned before about how the Luciferian mentality, what they do is they tell you what they're going to do and then invite you in and you go in. So it's your fault. And so that's what's going on in America right now. If you keep following their path and keep buying this BS and give away more and more of your, of your rights, then it's your fault. And they feel no responsibility for anything that happens to you after that, even though they, they have a plan for full enslavement, depopulation, all of this, but it's your fault because you followed it. And that's what I see right now. I recently, the UN, I'm, I live three blocks from the UN and I yeah. walked by recently, it's completely dead, but they still have a huge mural of Agenda 2030. And now when I look at it, I just look at it and I shake my head and I think they are so good at twisting the language. But how many people jumped into that in Rio when they all signed on to go into Agenda 21, which I believe was thwarted by Trump's win. Now it's Agenda 2030. But again, this whole Great Reset, everything that's going on goes back to what you're saying about the Luciferian mindset and the Satanism yeah. behind it. So um, keep going, because this is uh, well, I try to get this across and you're really good at explaining it. So, well. Going into this, the hijacking of the esotericism, the occulted right. knowledge. So for people out there who think occult is evil, understand this. The word comes from, um, you know, to the eye, occultus, right? Oculus in Latin. And it means to hide from the eye. So occulted knowledge is really knowledge that is hidden from you. And this is very similar to esoteric knowledge, which is hidden within inside you. Okay. Um, now, going into this, these dark occultists hijacked this whole platform of knowledge. Right. And really in the first part of the 20th century, they hijacked the money system. Okay. Now the word money, does anybody know where this derives from in esoteric literature? One eye, <laughs> one eye, money, one eye. Yeah. It literally means one eye. Why? Because in natural law, we have a pyramid of precedence in which at the top of this pyramid sit, sits mind the controlling mind and everything stems down from that controlling mind. Yeah. And everyone should just look at our dollar. If you don't think that this is That's absolutely right. the facts. <laughs> and so what happens in the early 20th century 
is the hijacking of all these secret societies and institutions comes to a front. Okay, now we, we can go, and I know you're familiar with the Passor family. Don't worry, can, we are doing a lot of shows. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. But so you can go yeah. into how they bought up America yeah. during the 19th century. Yeah. But during the 20th century, what they did is they infiltrated secret society. Okay, and this was the last stage of the plan to the next point of implementation because you right. needed to get into all these secret societies because they were right. derived from higher, higher education and higher academia, right. higher education, higher academia were the forefront of knowledge dissemination. Right. So we have this come about right. 1913 Jekyll Island. Well, whatever happened right before 1913, if we go back to that little board, right. We go, I think it's post 146. You go back to that little board. He talks about what happened to the sinking of the Titanic. Right. Who died? Right. Why is this important? Right. John Jacob Astor died. Now, why is this really important? Well, John Jacob Astor was good friends with Teddy Roosevelt and the Roosevelt family, which are one of the 12 Illuminati bloodlines, not necessarily bad right. bloodlines. You know, we have to always say that because I, uh, you know, I spent 15 years in Hollywood. I've been all over. I've been in New York most of my life. I do know a lot of people that are connected to, to some of the bloodlines that want nothing to do with it. They do know, though. That's the one thing. A lot of the yeah. children that grew up in these families are aware of, of the dark side. They, even though they they shunned it, which is very difficult. I know people who have died because they shunned it. Have you ever too. had Laura Eisenhower on? What? You ever had Laura Eisenhower on? No, not yet. We communicate though, but I okay. I'm planning to. But yeah, so so go ahead because that is that okay. is people have to know all because your last name's Rothschild or Rockefeller or any of the names that they've manipulated. Uh, there's the bloodlines. I've talked about it a lot. It doesn't mean that that you're in on it. It, right. it, it just means you're unfortunate enough to have been born into that bloodline. And hopefully you got out before it was too late because it does get too late at some point. Well, so the whole story about Teddy Roosevelt is really interesting because right. he became president through an assassination. John Jacob Astor actually wrote him a letter right afterwards congratulating him. Wait, what? And so what we have is. After the Civil War, we have many micro coups, right. these small little coups. We saw it in Europe because you had the Socialist Revolution in, in Europe right. throughout this whole time. And there were small little political coups that were coming up. We had the Bolshevik Revolution in the beginning of the 20th century, right? Yeah. And so, Same playbook right now, by the way. That's right. And so you had them taking power and then the good people who we would see perceived as the good people trying to take power. And John Jacob Astor was against the formulation of a centralized bank because he, he believed he was a true patriot to the United States. Now, an interesting story here, not much of a sidetrack, but, but uh, the Astor family, John Jacob Astor's son who survived the Titanic, his wife survived the Titanic and gave birth to his son, which was basically um, he was thrown out of the family. But right. He was a member of the same um, country club as Trump's mother and Fred. Just an FYI, I wanted to throw that out there because yeah, if you go back with Trump like that, if you go back and look at a picture of John Jacob Astor and Donald Trump, yeah, I'm just gonna say that they look like twins, right, right? But, but anyway, so the Astor family is against this whole coup takeover of the financial and who else system. Was? Also, the Guggenheims, I think, were against it. Were I think they so. too? The they Guggenheims, him? and then it was Isidore. Forgot her last name, but uh, it was yeah. another there wealthy were three, three that died yep. that were against the uh, Jekyll Island coup, like yep. coup of our of our uh, financial system. Yeah, and this is like ultimate propaganda of the deep state, right? Because right. the Titanic right now is like a quarter of the size of a cruise ship. They're like, it was so big it hit a, you know, like come on, seriously, we're meant to think this? It was blown up by a freaking mine. 
That's what yeah. we know happened. And yeah. it was done to kill these three men because right. they were the three people in high okay. society in the United States of America that were stopping the formulation of the Warburgs um, Central Bank, of the Rothschild, the Warburgs. And obviously, these people work for somebody else. Right. Obviously, it's the Passor, but the Passors, we even know, work for people who operate within the channels. The, the Black Italian nobility, right. uh, the Committee of 300, whatever we want to oh, call yeah, it. Yeah. Passors yeah. sit at that line. Yeah. And we can go into the whole Merovingian bloodline and how that derives. Well, we're going to do it. it. We're well, going to do yeah. it on another yeah. show. Okay. Now I'm super excited. <laughs> so like, when we get we into that, oh, because I can go all the way back to <laughs> Book of Enoch cool. and we can start there from pre-Diluvian yeah. to post. Okay. Yeah. So, no, no, go ahead. I know you're really, uh, you really get this big time. Thank you. Okay. This is so my audience. we have this hijacking. Okay. Of these political systems. So, you got to remember, Roosevelt came in and then I think it was Garfield who was Roosevelt's secretary of state runs and then completely undoes everything he did. He was on tour in Africa and he came back and he said, what the hell's going on? He ran against him. Right. And this is what happened is he ran against, I believe it was Garfield at the time, and they threw a third party candidate in there. A guy by the name of Woodrow Wilson, who was a self-proclaimed socialist. So Teddy Roosevelt. He yeah, Ted, us. Teddy Roosevelt goes in there to take back the country because right. he sees what his buddy just ruined it. Yeah. Right. And they throw in this third party candidate who ends up winning Woodrow Wilson. And then on what I think is December 12th, after the island of Jekyll, uh, the, the, the yeah, creature from Jekyll Island meeting. On Christmas Eve. Yeah, stole, Christmas stole Eve. Country financially. Without two thirds majority. Without two-thirds majority, by the way, this has never been fully ratified in Congress. It is completely illegitimate. The same thing with, I think, the 18th Amendment of uh, tax and federal income tax. Okay, but what happened here is what do they do? Immediately after, we go into war, 1914. We go to yeah, World yeah. War I because they want to keep the system of perpetuated war and knowledge suppressed. They don't want people to be able to fight back. So they take everybody who can speak up, who can rise up, all the men at the time, right. and they send them overseas and they kill them. Right. They all right. come back. They all come back, right? We go through the 1920s, the roaring 20s. And we have a lot of interesting things that happen over in Europe with the rise of, well, the, the default of Wilhelm, uh, the, the, the uh, Wilhelm III, and the rise of socialism in Germany. As, and this was done on purpose. We can look at the money trail and see how this was done by corporations and by monarchical political influence. Yep. And so we have this rise up. Then we come to the 1929 stock market crash, well, which was nothing more people. than market. Same people. Same people. Nothing more than market manipulation. All right. they did is they hyperinflated a bubble, which we're seeing exactly right, right now. now. All time highs, all time highs, all right. time highs. Right. And then one day they just say, oh, inflation's real. Oh, no. And they pull back and they call a loan on all the loans. So if you, right. by the way, if you all own a mortgage and you think you own property, you don't. You're, 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 you are renting, the bank is renting out to you. They are right. your landlord. Right. And the day that it comes, they are going to call that loan in. Because right. the other part is we're talking about here is agenda 2030. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Wow. But we have to get the World War II. So World War II comes about and basically just completely annihilates any structure that was fighting back. Right. Okay. This is what it was meant to do. Right. And one of the biggest structures were the Ashkenazi Jews in Germany who were rising up against this, in a sense, this, this tyranny that was coming right. about in the world. Now, right. whether Hitler knew what he was getting into or not, that's a topic for a different day. Right. All we know is that we happened. This was funded by Prescott Bush and right. the, you know, Rockefellers, uh, the, the Rockefellers involved at that point. Right? And yeah. so what also happened during this time, and this is a little known fact about America. 
In the late 1800s, early 1900s, pre-World War II, and this is interesting to say pre-World War II because something happens after that point. Right, most you, people don't even know anymore what anything about it. And yeah, you're going to have to read this shit all of school. history. Yep, we're not taught this in school anymore. But we have something in the United States known as eugenics courts. Oh, God, I know. People so, are so dumb not to know this. Go that's ahead. right. And so basically what it was is a neighbor could call the police on somebody they thought was ugly or unintelligent. That person would be cited and they would have to go to court where at this court, a legal court in the United States, they could be castrated. Okay. Well, guess what? This was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. Yes, it was. This was funded by other major socialites in the United States during this time. Now, this went on up until the end of World World War II. Okay, now the majority of the people that were castrated and basically stopped from breeding were minorities, mentally ill, and and African-Americans during this time. Now, World War II comes to an end, and we just had this mass genocide of the Jewish people in Germany. And so they switch it up. These these, um, eugenics courts now become known as family courts in the United States. So the lower echelon of the court system in the United States known as family courts or actually eugenics courts. And this is why they have authority over your children and, and authority over Britney you. Spears case matters more than right. people realize, but go 100%, ahead. 100%. 100%. So, so here's the thing is the Rockefeller Foundation, they start funding things like Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood, private organizations to continue the project of basically eugenics in the United States of America. But they did something else as they saw an opportunity with IB Farben and everything like that, with biochemical, biopharmaceuticals coming about and uh, biochemicals coming about in the sense of biochemical warfare right. is to fund this side of the house. So what they did is they had this guy out there, the, the brother of a doctor, and he developed something known as the Flexter Report. And this was funded wholly by the Rockefeller Foundation. Now, for people who don't know, our whole medical community, the American Medical Association, the CDC, the WHO actually utilizes and prescribes all of this. The United States government's whole stance on the medical community derives from the Flexner Report, was written in the 1940s and funded by a private organization known as the Rockefeller Foundation. And it has no basis whatsoever in health and medical community. It basically is there's a drug for every ill. Right. And that's what they prescribe. And the American Cancer Association, people have to know, yep. all the cancer research also is, is under that same uh, moniker. Of course, so is now the COVID. <laughs> so, that's right. And so all, all of these... All of these medical institutions that derive, all these NGOs that derive out of this is non-government organizations right. that basically prescribe and give policy to the government derived through this organization, the Flexner Report, basically where is we're going to kill off all the traditional medicine. This is, you know, natural, herbs, natural, right. natural path. And they've herbs. done a great job at it. They put people in prison. Right. They've taken away put, licenses. It's, uh, you know, we've seen. We're going to put dominant white right. men in power. who are right. going to prescribe you something that is going to suppress your symptoms, but allow you to die later on right. of that illness. And that's exactly right. how that operated. So we had a takeover of that. And that eventually led to the takeover of academia with the inflow of private money to these right. organizations right. and government subsidies, basically funding studies. So once they were able to get their hands into the government and get their echelons into the government, they were now able to fund studies in academia. Well, the problem is, is when you're putting a billion dollars for 10 years of research into something, you're not going to solve that research in one year. (laughs) No, no, you're going to stretch it out 10 to 20 years, even, you know, 10 years. Hey, it looks like we're not there yet. Let's do another 10 years, another billion dollars, because this is how they make their money in academia. So we have this whole institution 
this whole secret society, and then the institution of academia, the medical communities all being infiltrated in the early 1900s. Well, now we start seeing the dissemination of this. This is a trilateral commission. Oh, this is a council of foreign yeah. relations. Right. And these start implementing policies throughout the world. And Project Paperclip was one of the most important things that ever happened because people right. don't realize what actually happened there was the infiltration of the United States and Russia th from Nazi Germany, the Fourth Reich and the establishment right. of the Fourth Reich. Exactly. Uh, people don't know that they infiltrated Russia. It's very important for people to understand that part of history because that's why all these years, I believe it's been that we're the American people are told Russia is our enemy. Russia is our enemy, but they infiltrated both of our countries to keep that going. Is that what yep. you is that what you think? One hundred percent. And so everybody's working together, but there's good guys and there's bad guys on each side. On both sides, right? Now, on all sides, yeah. Right. But so here's the thing about Project Paperclip. Oh yeah. You yeah, remember yeah. when our our good friend, the seventeenth letter, said, yeah. "Follow the wives." Yeah, I do. I do. So so I went and did a uh, uh, deep research into the wives. Right. Jill Biden, for instance, her mother was a school teacher and her father was military. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and you start going into a lot of these other wives and guess what? Barbara their, Bush. Their mothers are school teachers and their fathers were military. Now, one of them, the most prominent one that I think that we need to look here is Lynn Forrester Day Rothschild, because by the way, oh well, God, yeah. So she is the head of the Rothschild dynasty and she is not a Rothschild. But nope. yet, if you go to her parents, her mother was a school teacher and her father was military. Now, one thing that people don't know is 95% of all the scientists and people who were brought over on Project Paperclip were brought over by one man in the United States. You know who this one man was? I thought it was Prescott Bush. No, one man. He was an OSS agent. Oh. So op opera, uh, um, the, the uh, strategic services. Right, so, right. OSS. So that was that was the CIA before the before the CIA, CIA. before the CIA. Right. Prescott Bush ended up funding the formation of the CIA. But right. this one man was responsible for going to Germany and rounding up every single one was of it these Dulles? people. You, no, this guy by the name of Henry Kissinger. Oh, I'm I not surprised. Shit you not. It Henry turns out that he. I, I have to tell you because I did a deep dive on him. Um, growing up the way I grew up, I was always told this guy was a hero. I am certain that he is the, one of the most evil people that has ever lived because all of this has to do with him. And when you bring up eugenics, depopulation, any of it, he's at the top of the rungs. And, and it's important for people to understand we have been totally deceived that this man is a good person. That's right. So he's the one that brings over everybody from Project Paperclip. And he was working for Rockefeller, by the way. And, well, and he, yeah, he's working for the, not the, the U.S. He was in the military, but he's working for these Prescott Bush and, right. and the Rockefellers and um, Brown and Harriman and all these people. Okay? Right, exactly. So he brings them over. Well, guess what? Anytime that you bring something over like that, you need a sponsor. Guess where they sponsored all these scientists from Project Paperclip? In military families. Now, every single one of these wives are blonde hair and blue eyed. Follow the wives. The wives are the fourth Reich. The right. wives were the infiltration of the fourth Reich. What happened is, is you brought the Nazis over and they integrated their family and the military families to give them an alibi. And right. then they married up the echelon were put into strategic places. Okay, so what we have is, is we have a female structure of control that is basically working under the guise of a male hierarchy. Right. Okay, so this is how the Fourth Reich is basically infiltrated 
yeah. throughout the years. Okay. So people like and Joe Lindsay Biden. Rothschild has been uh, most recently, I, I believe at the top of this rung. She but, is. But also um, there's another, uh, all of them are, but also there's another thing. Cause people always say, this is where this whole, I, I could go, we, we're going to have to have a lot of shows. <laughs> but I've been saying for all this time, because of what I saw and dealt with in Hollywood uh, that connects to the Epstein situation and all of this stuff with the Bronfins and everyone is I have found always that the women are much more manipulative, much more evil when they are evil and much more in control. And it's been a farce. The whole whole idea that the women believe all women and this whole, you know, the CIA created feminism, created Gloria Stein, I'm created all that. But it's so interesting that you you connected the wives thing with what I've been saying all along, which is the women are not innocent here, no. especially not in Hollywood and in the dream and in the, the Epstein trafficking. The women are actually more instrumental in, in many cases. But go ahead. Well, so you have to understand is if you go back to esoteric symbology and esotericism, the mystery schools, the woman was Right. The bearer of the power and the knowledge. If you go back to the Sadic Isaac from ancient Egyptian, she wore the veil across her eyes, which stored right. the history, the, the knowledge of the universe behind it. This is what is meant by the Coptic word apocalypse. Coptic is Christian, Christian Egyptologist, right? Egyptian Christianity. And so it means the lifting of the veil. The lifting of the veil was literally the lifting of the veil of the Sadic Isis. Now, if we go back to the Holy Trinity, God worked through the mother, the woman, to bring about the immaculate conception, the immaculate birth. This means that it's only through the woman that God can bring in his domain into the world. Right. And, and for evil, it's no different. Right. And so we've, we've heard within the, the, the mystical studies, right, the suppression of the feminine. Right. And this was done on purpose by the feminine powers. And so the black evil cabal is very much feminine. And whoever sits think, at the head uh, of it- I have a question. Feminine. Since We're, we're going to have to have a part two of this because you're the best yeah. guest I've ever had, I'm pretty sure. And, and that's very exciting. I'm not joking. Because yeah, this is the cool. stuff I love. What do you think of this Somerset Belenoff? Do you know who she is? No, I don't. Okay, well, you look her up for our next meeting because uh, this is a very confusing thing to me. They say that she's the head of the whole of the whole cabal. But, um, uh, but what you're saying about the women, even think about Marina Abramovich, Mm-hmm. But like all these people, but I, I've been telling people for years, look at look at um, at Linda Rothschild, but also her relationship with Hillary Clinton, her relationship with Bronfman sisters, uh, her relationship with the Bushes. It, it's very she's the, the web with her is is leads to everything and leads to everything. Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell and her. This is all it's, it's all connected. People have to understand so, that, you know, they have we have been lying. The whole believe all women thing makes me so angry because I've always believed that the women were that were basically the handlers. They were controlling the mess. I just want to know who they're taking uh, orders from. And I think it's another woman, the woman I'm talking about. But I think there's somebody above the, them. The devil but, wears Prada. <laughs> yes, exactly. So and, uh, and we didn't know that that woman was the devil actually yeah. wearing Prada, too. <laughs> So you know who Gloria Vanderbilt was? Oh, I know. Anderson Cooper's uh, grandmother yeah. or uh, mother. Right. So she was one of the, the head uh, hierarchies of right. this. And when she died, I believe Lynn Forster, the Rothschild, yes. took over her place. And now if you, everybody goes and types in um, her name, what they'll find is they'll see her wearing this gold, big old gold chain with this Ugh. big old sun on that. That's the, the Aztec. Um, um, that's the ads. What is it? It's called uh, 
It's, it's a sacrificial symbol from Aztecan lore. Oh, and they all wear the upside down crosses. They don't hide yeah. it. None of them hide right. it. But the other but, thing that you're saying about that with Linda Rothschild too, is that um, she also had a big thing with the Pope, the, the Jesuit Pope, the, the not really, the, I call him the CGI Pope, the current Pope, not too pope. long ago, um, talking about this inclusive uh, economy. And who met there was basically everyone that's involved with the COVID, all the corporations that, and she ran it. And I was like, why is she running it? And this is yep. why she's running it. <laughs> so, so yeah, and what people need to understand is, uh, so we can get into this in another episode, but what happens here is this extrapolates into this global agenda that's been being played out for a very long right. time. And so in the early 1990s, they start implementing something known as Codex Alimentarius and Agenda 21. Now, Codex Alimentarius met, uh, focused on agriculture and food supply and how to basically control the food supply in the advent that global warming or global cooling at that time was real. Right. Um, and, and you know 20- what? Who said you control the food supply, you control the people? Kissinger. Kissinger. Yeah, there you go. So, and then we go into Agenda 21, which was basically meant to be uh, sustainability and sustainable development. And this was the organization of humanity to the Georgia, Georgia Guidestones. Right, Maintain exactly. a population under 500 million and basically put everybody in the smart cities, which can keep track of them and put them in this global surveillance state. And, and so right now what this is happening. So I just want to touch on one small thing, okay? The infrastructure bill that right now is going through Congress. People need to understand and read this damn thing to understand that this is nothing more than a mechanism of communism. It is nothing more than the Green New Deal. And what it's going to do is undermine your your authority and your right to property ownership. I'm going to tell you how. So everybody heard that BlackRock was out there. So BlackRock and Vanguard, private organization and publicly traded organization of two companies in the world that control and dominate and own everything. These are owned by the families that we just talked about, right. Vanguard being the private, so you don't know who the owners are. Well, we right. know who the owners are because the top shareholder is the Pasteur family. Right. But when we get into it, BlackRock went out and is buying right now. So BlackRock owns all the technology companies that hold all the MLS data. This is house sales. Okay, so BlackRock, before these things are hitting market or buying these things up, right. 50 this is scary. 80% this is above scary. market value. Yeah. Right. And people are like, oh, well, you know, they're just going to rent these things out. No, it has nothing to do with that. In the infrastructure bill, Joe Biden put in there uh, a certain provision for counties, counties, the 3,800 counties in the United States, stating that you need to rezone all of your counties, um, suburban areas, single family housing areas to be more inclusive and have more equity and more diversified because they are showing that they're 85% white. And so what they did is they said that we're going to halt your subsidies, your funding, unless you implement this, which means that they have to basically reduce the amount of single family homes and increase the amount of multifamily complexes that have the ability to have um, section eight housing, housing and low income housing available. And also, but they'll, the caveat is that they'll be fully surveilled and they will have zero freedom. These are all because in that, all the, in that infrastructure deal, people have to understand it's always, it's also full, complete, total surveillance of humanity, of our, everyone in America. Smart grid infrastructure through and through. And so what this does is Understand, BlackRock is buying up all these things because they're anticipating the the uh, rezoning. Once yeah, they rezone, they're going to tear them. 
all right. of them down right. and they're going to build up multifamily complexes, exactly. which are owned by them. Remember, you will own nothing and you will love it. This is nothing more than the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab happening right here in the United States of America. So right. we have a few things. And so we didn't get the COVID. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, but this is COVID. This is well, COVID. This is COVID. This so, is what COVID is, is really about. Is well, what you're talking about. How about this? You're right. Because I'm so right now I'm compiling um, information. Right. And I have, uh, there's a website out there, just lead. So we have a website called redpills.tv and people can go there. We have a news section. We have all of our, oh, our live streams there. on there. Yeah, redpills.tv. <laughs> but, we, but if you go to wtfstudy.com, what the fuck study.com, okay, wtfstudy.com, you're going to find a whole bunch of news links. And all these news, news links pertain to what happened during COVID. And what you'll find out is that the COVID virus had a propensity to kill more politicians than any disease or illness in the history of mankind. It's kind of unusual. I actually compiled a list of 804 names of politicians around the world, mostly from third world countries who died oh, of okay. COVID-19. Is now, that crazy? Answer? No, yeah. and also if, and there's uh, also a bunch of them who rejected the World Economic Forum's deal and either were attempted assassinations or assassinated. So it's, that, it's completely insane. That's all in there too. And Good. so so we go into, so I, the article is basically going to focus on the African nations because there is a uh, WHO article that came out in September of 2020 stating that uh, we don't have the testing requirements to go throughout all of Africa because it's very hard to do that. Right. But what we're finding is that the numbers in Africa are 80% lower for the rest of the population in the sense of COVID infections. Now, what you find out is what they did is they said, okay, so the numbers in Africa are 80% lower. So they said, well, they just must be asymptomatic and not getting tested. So they increased the numbers of the continent of Africa by 80% just by saying, they were asymptomatic and didn't get tested. Oh my God, so so 80% of the numbers coming from Africa were bullshit all along. Now, here's the thing is what people didn't know is Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, they had all came together to kick out the WHO and Bill Gates. They didn't want anything to do with testing. They didn't want anything to do with the vaccine. Okay. And they started bringing in experts from around the world and forming a legal team to fight back. Right. Now, what's interesting is John Magafuli, who is the president of Tanzania, and uh, March of 2020, he came out and tested a fruit yeah. and a goat, and they both tested positive. He freaking fired his health minister and kicked out the WHO. He's one of the ones who organized this. He died of COVID in January 2021. I also think that guy, that's when Trump was signaled that this whole thing was it was a farce, that it was a setup, yeah. that it was it was it was the great reset, and that they were in on it, and that all the people advising him. That's around the same time I believe Trump switched gears, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, in the, the team of the ten lawyers all died of COVID. The team of right. the, the legal panel that they're bringing in all died of COVID. All the leaders of all the the, na the nations that were helping him died of COVID. 60 scientists also in the, yeah. in this period of time uh, yeah. died of either natural causes or whatever, but it's, it's been a long, anyone that, anyone that stood up to them died. Now you want to know what's interesting about all those politicians, the former politicians and all the existing politicians who died of COVID in 2020 is they all had something to do with implementing sustainability within their country. They all had something to do with taking a bribe and being right. corrupt within their country. So basically this was literally the great reset, setting the slate clean of getting rid of everybody who had a tie back to them who could call them out or testify against them they went out and just eliminated them don't think for like 
we, we, I mean, you go into Haiti and Tanzania had two of the oh largest Iridian mines in the world right. and oh, both of the leaders are dead. And now private organizations are going in there and taking all their Iridium, which is an yeah. extraterrestrial element. The so, same private organization, NGOs that do everything uh, right. around the world. That's why I say it's a small group of people. We can identify them. We can, it, they're about 3000 and then they're minions, but and yep. it, they do it all the time. And that, that's the, that's the knowledge people need to have to put all the pieces together. Um, I'm going to have to wrap it up here, but I, know, I want good. you to know that you are the most fun guest I've ever had because you, you investigate everything I love looking at, because awesome. this is, this is the real deal. Um, I hope you will come back very, very soon. I'm so grateful that you came on. I am so gr- happy to know you. Uh, you really got it down and uh, you have so much knowledge. You're going to have to rewrite all the history books. It looks like, but <laughs> thank you so much. And um, where can my audience find you? And we're going to have another show, hopefully uh, in the next week or so. Go ahead. Uh, easiest way to find us is redpills.tv. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S.tv. Um, you don't need to put a www dot in front of that. Just go to redpills.tv. That's going to have all of our shows linked. We have a Friday night show. We have a daily show. We have a tons of other shows. Cool. You guys can check us out there. And uh, other than that, we're at socialredpill.com, which is our private social network. Uh-huh. You guys can check it out. Completely free to join. Um, there's about 7,000 of us talking about all this oh, stuff there. Nice on a daily basis. So awesome. feel free to join us. There. Thank you so much, Josh. You are, you are easily the most exciting guest I've had in, in awesome. a long time. And uh, it's so nice to meet somebody who really gets the big picture on that level. And I'm going to have you back as soon as possible. And I'm sure my viewers are like, wait, what? Can't go. <laughs> but we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. It was such Thanks, a pleasure. Mel. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.